Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to this week's edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast. And we're recording this earlier in the week than normal because... Now that football practice has started, we have the strangest schedule of press conferences. We got a Monday one, which we just finished with Chris Kleiman. There's a Wednesday one, a Friday one. But what I love about the Kleiman time as head coach, the Kleiman era, is that his coordinators will be available. His associate head coach will be available. Every coach will have a small availability. Top players will be available. We have stuff multiple times during the week throughout this fall camp. And it's much appreciated for all of us trying to cover K-State sports because we have stuff to cover instead of talking about the same things we always talk about all summer long because we have nothing new in fall camp unless we're like sneaking around, stealing information from people, listening to phone calls and text messages. Who would do that? I don't know. And uh, anyhow, uh, all of it makes me appreciate. Oh, my God, you're both short now. It's like it's like <laughs> podcasting with kids. Do you want me to raise mine up a little bit? Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and the kids, Ryan Gilbert and Cole Carmody. If you knock that foam off one more time, young man, you're going to have to do <laughs> errands for the rest of the day. Uh, and they have lowered their seats so they look like small children at the table. Uh, and if you look like a small child, do not go to the fridge wholesale liquor. You must be 21 to enter there. And even if you are 21 and you don't look 21... Just don't leave your house. Just don't. It's kind of mean. I know. And it's very mean. Don't do anything to get my friends at the fridge in trouble. Go to the fridge for all the best prices, all the best stuff. I don't know what to do. My God, Gilbert's going <laughs> raise his chair. The fridge. It'll make your chair go, wee. Is that my cue? Sorry. Go in and get you some. Thank you. Here we go. Hey, here's your questions from Wabash Station. Ryan. Tall's Gilbert. There you go. From Email Wildcat82, what is the most positive, concerning, and surprising news from the Chris Kleiman Fall Camp update? Khalid Duke, number one, right? Yeah. I mean, I had just talked to Chris Kleiman in Arlington about Khalid, and they didn't think he'd be ready for the season, but apparently. He's come in prepared. Did we see him today? I never noticed him. The I wasn't line, looking. Linebackers were in the far corner. I it. was told he was not out there. Yeah, and I think he's still in rehab, still preparing, still trying to get healthy. But he emphatically said, we think we're going to have him ready for game one. He said, we know we're going to have him available. So that doesn't mean he's 100%. He'll just be available. And I think that's intriguing. But and he's I think still in the process of getting do over you, Do you want somebody to be available for South Dakota? I mean, I wouldn't even. I would say know. once conference play starts is when you really need him. I mean, 100%. maybe the Mizzou, if it was Mizzou saying, "Hey, we'll have him available," you know, that's that's a better you know time frame, I guess, and an opponent. But saying we'll have him available, oh, I sure if if he if you might need to play him, I hope you don't need to play him against South Dakota. If you that makes ease sense. him in. 
I mean, if if I'm if I'm the coaches, I'm easing him in, right? You, you don't necessarily yeah. want to over you want to overextend him the first few weeks of the season. But you know, Ryan's right. You got to have him ready to go by the time conference play starts. At least you know that's how I feel. Just simply because of the depth you got at the pass rusher position. Um, maybe they were just going to say if he's healthy, we're just going to treat it like he's 100, percent which could very well happen. We've seen them not hold back players on injuries before, so. Um, I think that is the most positive news. I don't I don't know if there's any concerning or surprising news. Like really nothing besides that, kind that of, I can think of. I mean, Khalid's probably surprising. Yeah. It's positive slash surprising. His comments yeah. on the wide receivers. I was not expecting that. That they like the depth? Yeah. The, the young guys? I, yeah. yeah. I thought that was interesting. I really did. I think RJ Garcia is going to play a lot. I really do. They keep bringing him up. Is that me? That was me. Damn it. I'm sorry, folks. I forgot to put my... Uh... We've been in here so long. I had a radio hit out of uh, Wichita uh, that uh, my my sleep thing went back up, back on. I can't even talk now. One of us need to take over. Yeah, t- someone t- someone ask a question. From Andy G6899, how much benefit was it to go ahead and play the COVID games? Has it improved depth? I think it'd be questioned whether it did benefit, but... We don't know the subtle things that this guy played and came out of those games better, even though Texas beat him by a thousand points. We don't know those things, but I still admire Chris Kleiman for playing the games. He didn't, he wasn't so focused on winning and losing in a pandemic season that he just played games. Well, I don't think we can win with the guys we got. We're not going to play. Even though we kind of fit the criteria, we're going to fake it and get out of this game. He didn't do any of that. He said, we're going to play. And if we have played third stringers, we're going to play. And I really like that. I, I do. And so he treated the pandemic season as something out of the normal. So I cringe when I hear people say, well, they had that four-win season. I'm like, yeah, it was the pandemic season when they were playing games they shouldn't have played. And they started off 4-1? and one? Well, they lost their opener. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it went weird from the very start. There was nothing normal about that year. I take nothing out of that. I congratulate the teams like Baylor that did well and somehow benefited from that season. But I think long-term, it really is a meaningless season. I guess maybe that's because I cover a team that didn't do so well in the pandemic. But it was a freaking pandemic. It was a mess. I think the positives, there were way more positives that came out of that year than negatives. Um, Chris Kleiman talked about it today with the locker room difference between now and 2020. I think it's interesting. He kind of admitted he that. did. And that's the first time I've ever heard him publicly say that. Um, so that, I guess he can go back to the last question. That was surprising. But uh, as far as the COVID games go, I think about a guy like Echo Boydo, who was a scout team wide receiver, who they then said, hey, get ready. You're starting on Saturday. And he has started every single game since then. That's how a about, great point. How about Felix Anudike? Felix, yeah. He plays as a true freshman with no penalty, is able to play as much as he wants. And I don't think Felix is what he was last year if he doesn't play those COVID games. And I think that he's not highly regarded like we regard him today as one of the best players on this team if he doesn't play that 2020 season. I'll say Jalen Pickle as well. Another one of those guys who really hadn't played at all and he comes into the Oklahoma game you know I found it fascinating because I went back and you know as one does when they're bored go back and I watched the highlights of that K-State Oklahoma game in 2020 and it's amazing how many guys had an impact in that game you know Keon Mosey had like a 75 yard reception in that game it's like 
what the heck? I don't even think he's played a snap for Miami of Ohio. I don't know if he played for them last year at all, but you've got these guys that got so much experience during that season. It helped. I mean, it, it, it honestly, it helped. Um, I think about a guy like Ryan Hennington too last year who he was forced to play the first game of the season and ended up becoming a solid player on defense last season for K-State. So I do think there's lots of positives from that year. And we can't forget about the obvious, Will Howard. I mean, if something does happen right. to Martinez, you got him, and K-State's probably going to make a bowl game. Very true. Uh, that's interesting. I did not realize this. Keon had 122 carries last season for 556 oh, yards, hmm. four TDs, 4.6. So good for good him. Good for him, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I like that kid. I, I'm I'm sorry it didn't work out at K-State, but if he wanted to be a running back, it wouldn't going to be at K-State. Although, ironically, if he'd stuck around, he'd be second <laughs> string right now. Yeah. yeah. From TDE67, at season's end, which, uh, pardon me, what ranks higher on this team, total offense or total defense? I'm sorry, I just leaned on a cord there. What was that? I'm sorry. Offense or defense, what will rank higher at the end of the season? Oh, that's really good. Defense. Are we doing points or yards? I'd say yards, right? <laughs> there goes my chair. You okay? Broke another one. <laughs> <laughs> the the hydraulic went, wrong right the now. hydraulic went out of my chair because uh, I'm fat and I squished it. But I've got little things and one just popped off. Little things that sound dirty. Um, oh, wow, that's good because I think both are going to be good. But the Big Twelve is notorious for being good on offense. Uh-huh. That that trend is starting to change, right? It's I'm going to say total to, defense. I, I, I'm I'm trying to talk myself into total offense. But I'm with you. There's just too many playmakers on the defensive side of the football for me to say offense. I, I agree with that. I think you look at K-State's weakest spot on defense, and that's safety. So K-State's defense overall might be pretty good. But if we're going by total yards, there's going to be a few home run plays from the other team on offense, right? That's a good point. So maybe offense for K-State wins that. I don't know. Depends if we're doing points or yards. I guess it depends on how good you think they're going to be too, right? I mean, no, they're going to be really good. I do. I'm getting more and more bullish on this team. But offensively, well, I'll just say it. I, I think they can survive with a, a decent defense, but they got to be really good offensively. I think that's where K-State has struggled. They haven't been consistently good on offense, and I think they will be better on offense. I'll go offense. Let's talk myself into that before my chair so, again. So offense? Zach, defense? Defense. I'm defense, Ryan. I hate to be so practical. Are we doing points or yards? Well, it just depends so on... So do both. Do both. Points, I'll go defense. Yards, I'll go offense. Oh, interesting. I'll say defense on both. I, I'm I'm really confident in this defense. All defense. I, th- I think they sort out safety. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as... I think it's only a deal if they get yeah. into injuries. And here's the deal, guys. If you can rush the passer, that makes your secondary look a whole hell of a lot better. Yep. So True. And they'll get after passers. They'll... It's going to be fun to watch. I, there's nothing I, I love more about football than really good Russians. It's going to be fascinating to see how they use Khalid Duke when he's healthy. Chris Klein today talked about maybe getting all three of those guys on the field at the same time. I, I would not want to be an offensive line coach seeing three NFL-type pass rushers coming at me uh-huh. because that is Hold extremely on, who's your third? scary. Nate Matlock. Okay. Well, Daniel Green, throw that in. Yeah. That cat coming at you up the middle has got to be scary. They've got some really fun elements uh, and again, they've got elements on both sides of the ball that do exactly what Cole just said. Will keep the opposing coordinators up. I mean, Deuce Vaughn is a problem himself, 
But now they've added some things around him that make him a bigger problem because they may not give him the ball as much, but you can't concede that. You've always got to worry about him. The reason I like this K-State team is for a very, very simple reason. What position on offense do you have to be really good at to win football games? Punter. Quarterback. Oh, I'm sorry. I got him a quarterback, yeah. Quarterback. Punter's a defensive position. It is. Technically. This is, this is true. Quarterback. Number one position you have to be good at on offense. What's the number two position on offense that typically you have to be really good at in order to be running successful? Back. Running back. Yeah. Number three? Offensive line. Would you say that all three of those yeah, they're good. parts on the offense are above average? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. On the defense, the number one most important defensive player in today's college football that you have to be really good at? A punter. <laughs> rushing the passer. They're really good at that. That's true, too. Number two? Middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. They're really good at that. The fact that all, what are those, five of those positions that are the five most important positions on the football field, K-State is probably in the top three in the conference in. Uh, the one area that we don't know about, I also believe you've got to have a safety that properly ties the front to the back. And that I want to see. That I need to see. I, I just think that there there's a lot of top-end pieces there. Ooh, top-end pieces. Yeah, I'm writing down the name of this podcast. <laughs> Would you guys agree that the offense might lose K-State a game or two with a costly you know, turnover, something like that, well, late in the game? And same thing goes with defense, with the big play. I'm not going to name anyone, but that's been someone's M.O. I mean, it is. Maybe that mm-hmm. does happen. Maybe That will be alarming if we see that happen. But my, my point bringing that up is that you know, special teams for K-State isn't going to lose any sort of games, but K-State special teams could win them a game or two. So I know that's not part of this question, but... I mean, that special teams group could rank just as high as offense or defense. Just an update for the folks at home. Fitz has tried to pick up his cap that he dropped off his chair, and now he's falling all over the place. No uh, confirming or denying that he's under the influence keep of anything. Keep going. Uh, Kevin Harlan, keep going. Uh, he's picked up, and he's running to the end zone for a touchdown. Um, that is that is the update on Fitz. He's still bending over to pick up the chair. Daphne is very confused, I think is the word. Oh, yeah, yes, there's the shake. On cue. <sighs> okay, okay, my chair's so, back. Wow. Keep rolling. Wow, what? Compelling podcasting. Quality crap here. So what happened with the wire? I'm still confused. I, I leaned on the, the wire that I use when I do radio right there. What happened, though? Oh, I, okay. Sorry. Touched it. Touched it. Gotcha. All right. Last question of this glorious first half. Because that, that mic's up all the time. So. Yeah, gotcha. Maybe turn it down. If I don't lean on it, it's not a problem. True. This okay. is very true. Uh, from Go Uppercat, Chris Kleiman always emphasizes the importance of program culture when discussing the team's progress. Now entering his fourth season, is the season culture on course yeah. with where he envisioned it? Yeah. You know, this is something that – this is a Snyder thing, but I feel like Snyder was ahead on this about the importance of a locker room and. I think that's getting lost a little bit in the NIL world. I think you can have incredible locker room disruptions caused by NIL. I mean, why is that guy getting paid a million dollars or even $100,000 and driving a nice car and I'm out playing him on, and I'm, I'm ahead of him on the depth chart? I mean, I think it can really crack a locker room. And he mentioned it today in passing that they had a locker room issues during the pandemic. He didn't go into what it is. We know what it is. And it was was unfortunate. And they worked it out. They they worked through that. And I, I in talking to the guys, 
this is a really good group of guys. They seem all bought in. I'm not sensing anyone's like, I'm sensing they've got it to the point now where if there is an outlier, someone who's like me, 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 the players are taking care of that, not the coaches. That's when you got a good locker room. That's when you got a team. The, the, the leaders are bought in. And honestly, I, I'm not saying this as a shot. That was one of my concerns with a certain recruit that just decommitted. Me, me, me. What's in it for me? And as soon as the answer wasn't all the attention, off he went to somewhere else. You can't have that in a functional locker room if you're Kansas State. You might be able to get away with it if you're uber talented and talent just wins the day. But this is why we see teams like Texas always failing despite enormous amounts of talent. They haven't had someone that can piece together the locker room. And I think Chris Kleiman understands culture. He was witness of what a great culture at North Dakota State could could develop and could cause. And the culture eventually starts attracting better players. And the culture attracts a high quality of character of players. You can get picky. You don't have to take chances if you've got a good culture and players want to be here because of it. I think this is the biggest key to success for Kansas State is that climbing culture uh, is tangible, and I, I think it's effective. When the players have ownership of the program, right. you are successful. Right. And he does. Simple. He is very good about that. He turned it over to Skyler. He's turned this over to Adrian. He's trust Will Howard. I mean, when you get new quarterbacks coming in like Avery, if they've shown that they're ready to play, he'll turn it over to them. Take care of this. Guys, I do it with you. Take care of your stuff. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know what to do. Take care of your stuff. It's the same kind of thing. Without taking shots at an unnamed, decommitted player, I mean, it could be a blessing in disguise that the locker room can stay mm -hmm. as it is with a really good culture, and you don't have anybody coming in to potentially disrupt that. I mean, I can carry over to basketball, too. I mean, you can draw easy oh. comparisons to what Jerome Tang is doing on the basketball and, side. And I... I don't mean this to be an ongoing attack on Bruce Weber, but he had no understanding of a culture in the locker room. He had to have a player form that culture. And not because the player was doing it for the coach, just because the player had natural skills. And and Chris has ability, like Bill Snyder, to help develop leaders, help show them the way and way to, to lead, and then they take care of stuff. And that just didn't happen. That's where... The ups and downs in the previous basketball program wasn't just all talent-related. It was most certainly having a Rodney Magruder or Barry Brown that is the setting the culture in the locker room the way they want it. Not the way the coach wants it, the way they wanted it. It happened to be positive. Yet other guys set the culture in more selfish ways that was destructive. And the thing that Chris Kleiman has built, which has made it so successful, is that he's not reliant upon a quote-unquote good egg to set the locker room mm -hmm. culture because the culture is expected. Right. When you get into that program, the culture is expected. What we've learned, I've learned through years of covering this, um, if you have a bunch of good dudes in your locker room, you can bring in someone that might be more of a, a chance, and they learn the right way to do things. But I've seen the opposite. I've seen good eggs go into locker rooms that have trouble and come out of it worse people. So it's it's an important part of any athletic endeavor. But at the college level, particularly when you're at a Kansas State, you better have the culture thing right.
As Mike Tomlin always says, the standard is the standard. I, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> the standard is the standard. Is that like standard toilets like that? Maybe. Hmm. Are we talking about Steve Standard? No. The, the standard, st- like the, the, the standard, standard for how the culture needs to be mm. is the standard. And you don't accept anything less. Does that make any it, sort of Mike sense? Mike Tomlin could say anything and you believe him. When he... Honestly, you're true. Okay. You're tr- you're, you're, that's true. You're right. Okay. I can't talk. None of us can talk. Maybe hey, we no, should go to break. Go, no break, break now. Was that it? That was the first half? That was a short first half. Was it? I don't know. That's it. Okay. Well, we're going to go to break now. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure you stop by during this commercial break and get lots of drinkies. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the PowerCat podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat questions podcast sponsored by The Fridge. Wholesale liquor. Make sure you stop in the fridge whenever you're in town. And I suspect some of you will be coming to town, say, on the 3rd of next month, the 10th of next month, 17th of next month. Don't bother rating your own collection at the booze store. Stop by the fridge and get everything you need for your tailgate so it's fresh off the alcohol tree. Mm-hmm. Just plucked right there in the back in the at the fridge gardens where they grow all this stuff on trees. And they pluck it off and sell it fresh. That's how it works, folks. Stop into the fridge at the corner of Westport and Kimball. <laughs> no, no. Those don't wah, intersect wah, each other. Wah. No. Well, I was doing <laughs> no. so well. I was doing so well. So they're, so par- they're parallel? That, well, Kimball no. is uh, the wrong road. It's Claflin. So they do intersect each other. Zach said they didn't intersect. They don't. They don't. No, uh, they don't. Westport like dies, lo- oh. dies long before it you dies. get there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, folks, uh, it's at the corner of Westport and Claflin. It's at the corner of this and that in the town in which we live. I got to stick with that. <laughs> Thank you. I can't. I, can't I don't know what's it. wrong with me and their location. That I just the drive worst, there. That is the worst street combo intersection you've ever come up with. <laughs> Right here in Cincinnati. Goodness. Should we get to the questions? Here's your questions, and Cole Carmody's taking over. By the way, this is Fitz, and that's Zach, and that's Ryan, and that's Cole, and there's two dogs, and here we go. Uh, From KSU number one, rank the games from toughest to Jayhawk. For the purposes of this question, include the entire football schedule. Oh, you told me to bring up the schedule. And yeah, I, that was the purpose. Of and I ended up requesting credentials. No, I listened, but then, like, uh, like the kind of guy I am, I got totally distracted. Oklahoma. Hardest, right? No. At mm-hmm. Baylor, number one. I'm with you. Yeah. I think Oklahoma They've has won at, at Oklahoma recently. But Last time they were there, didn't they win? Yep. yep. But the OU game is the, the season maker, I think. If you're going to have a great season, I think you got to win that game. And I think it's hard. Disagree. Because if you lose that game, you have the rest of your conference to play. Yes, but then you still have to go to Baylor, which is apparently tough. Apparently. They're the number one, they're the preseason number one team. I, I don't think you can disrespect Baylor, and I'd say that Baylor is the toughest game on the schedule. At Baylor is the toughest game, especially considering when you look at the slate that it's in. Oklahoma probably has more potential to blow out K State by 20, 30 points, but I think Baylor certainly is just to get the victory. 
tougher for Kansas State. Because it's going to be coming down the stretch. You're going to be deciding who's going to earn a spot. It could be for a spot in Dallas at that point. And it because it's week 10, game 10. And then you have two games after that that are super winnable at West Virginia, which is always a challenge. And then Kansas, I thought that was a basketball school. Okay, so are we in agreement that Baylor and Oklahoma then are the top two? I do, I think that is, but Baylor won OU2. So we're going toughest to easiest, right? Not importance, toughest Toughest. to easiest. Oklahoma State three at home. Or would you say at Iowa State? I think for, Iowa State. I think on it's the road. at Iowa State, given the fact that it's on the road, and that's the biggest factor for me. I'll, I'll buy that. I think they're very comparable, but being on the road, I'll buy that. Okay. And then Oklahoma State. So yeah. that's your top four: is Baylor, OU, Iowa that's State, tier one, Oklahoma Definitely. State. There's a drop off after these. I four. think Texas. And beyond I think that, Texas. I think Texas. Texas. Texas, and then <laughs> Missouri. Between between TCU, West Virginia, and. What was the other one? Texas Tech. Missouri. Texas Texas Tech and KU are easily the, the two at the bottom. At least mean. as far as conference goes. I don't know where Missouri fits in this picture. Yeah, this is an interesting question. Where would Missouri fit in amongst the Big 12 teams? Because we can we can admit that Tulane and South Dakota are – I say Tulane. Tulane. What was that? Tulane and South Dakota join Kansas at the bottom. I think they're – but they're, I think they're both below Kansas. I think KU is getting better. Yes. Uh, I'll put Missouri at – third if they were in the big in the big 12 i'll put them above texas tech like harder than texas tech hold on but so just third easiest sixth hardest or seventh hardest however my brain works like that yeah Yeah. i didn't follow yeah Yeah, like they're it's a harder game than texas tech and kansas mizzou i think it's a harder game than west virginia west virginia and tcu as well i think it's about middle of the pack yeah i agree gills i think it's they're pretty but again, to get into both West Virginia and TCU are at. So it makes it. I mean, you'll know by the 11th game of the season what West Virginia is. They're mm-hmm. either going to have a bounce back year or Neil Brown's going to be fired. And I personally tend to think that Neil Brown will not be the coach when K State plays West Virginia. And or yeah. we'll stick with the trend and he will be the coach and on that Saturday and not on Sunday. Yeah. Well, forget the fact that he's coaching. It's the fact that does West Virginia have anything to play for? In the second to last week of the season. Right. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, My biggest maybe. disagreement with y'all is Texas. I'm not scared at all if I'm a K-State fan. I'm not either. I think they're about even to Missouri. Right. Like I don't think I don't think that I'm I'm not scared of Missouri, but I recognize that they are a solid yeah. opponent, and that's could what lose. I see in Texas. You could lose to yeah. either of those teams, but they're at home, and I think that those are fairly winnable games. Real quick, you guys know Texas got a first-place vote in the coaches' poll today? I did. Did that. you know that Chris Kleiman is a participant hmm. in the coaches' poll this year? You mean Kenny Lanou? <laughs> Chris Kleiman is a participant. You mean Kenny Lanou? This is the stupidest. The coaches' poll, I'm telling you what, any coach who's taking time to actually do the job you have to do as a pollster should be fired as head coach. Right? What are you paying attention to teams you're never going to play? Focus all your energy on your team and the teams you're playing. It was playing. Alabama who voted Texas number one. Who gave K-State four votes? That's what I want to know. Did Kenny, did Kenny Lanou vote for K-State 21st? Can you do that for your own school in the coaches' poll? I think you can vote. For, yeah, okay. you, yeah, you can vote for whoever. Okay. Baylor. I bet Baylor did. Dave Aranda. And I bet that uh, Matt Campbell did. I, believe I don't know who has votes, though. Yeah, did you look? No, there's only 66. Oh, yeah, not everyone no. has a vote. No, I looked at 
Which is weird list. too. Chris Why don't you just let everyone vote? Mm-hmm. Let every SID vote. You got to be eighteen yes. and a U.S. citizen. Mm. <laughs> then you can vote. Mm. There's a lot of underage foreign nationals coaching football. In this. <laughs> uh, next question. I'm pretty sure the uh, the K State vote was a mail-in ballot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Texas vote, like, just showed up. We don't yeah, know where it came from. Sorry. Yeah, 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 we, yes. where it came from. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Next question is from B Foster 1959 Which sport are you more excited to watch this year, basketball or football? Oh, man. Basketball. Football. 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 Basketball. You're such a basketball person. Football. I, I think we're going to be okay in basketball. Um, I think they've got a lot of question marks. I wish they'd wrap up the – Still, the recruit that's in the wind that we think is going to commit that the longer they wait, the longer I wonder. I don't know. But the I've, thing is with football, I mean, throw aside the pandemic season, Kleiman's been very consistent with K-State. I mean, the last 10 years, K-State basketball has seen some highs, but the lows have been so low, you know. And so this is just going to be a breath of fresh air to see a competitive team night in and night out. So basketball for me. See, I feel like this could be a cornerstone season for Chris Kleiman as far as his future at K-State. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that if if they miss a bowl game that, you know, he's going to get fired next year and that K-State football will never be good again under Chris Kleiman. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if K-State is good, and even if they go 8-4 and four or 9-3, and three, I think that's enough of a cornerstone to build upon going forward. And that 2020 season kind of delayed the process a bit. You know, 2019, you lose in the Liberty Bowl, 2020 COVID. 2021 last year, you win the Texas Bowl. You're on the up, and now this is kind of the the game changer, I guess, the that you could submit your flag into the ground with, with a good team here. And that's what I'm excited about. With Jerome Tang, you know, he's got the bulldozer out. He's trying to just do the groundwork. There's no stones. There's no steel. He's just trying to rebuild at this point. And there's you know, the, the bar for expectations for basketball are low. It'll be exciting once you get there and once you get to, to basketball season. But I think that if K-State gets one guy that they're after, I think they're an NCAA tournament team. I really do think that. That's fine, but that comes after football season two, as far as the calendar goes. I think that right now, yes, it's football season, but I think that the 2022 football season is more important in the grand scheme of K-State sports than the basketball season is. Here's where I'm at with this. Why do you play the game? To win. You play to win. What else do you play for to win? What object do you play for that when you win you get this money okay i'm in a mcdonald's bag i'm trying to reference a championship okay okay listen trophy k-state can realistically play in a big 12 championship game this year k-state basketball i don't know if they can get there but i know k-state football can because they have bona fide national stars on offense and on defense with cooper Beebe. Deuce Vaughn and Felix Anyadike Uzama. Those are three national stars. Not Adrian Martinez? Not yet. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but but with all due respect, I'm sorry, but if you're going to bring up names, Adrian Martinez goes in before Cooper Beebe does. I'm with you. Because he's a lineman, sure, but I mean, I'm not discounting Cooper Beebe's talents and stature as an offensive lineman in the country, but 
undermining Adrian Martinez as a superstar, I think is is isn't right. Not, okay, perception wise, sure, but actual like play. Yes, I'm with you there on the actual play, but. But and when you're talking about notability, Adrian Martinez is the most notable guy they've got right now. No, I would say Deuce is a little bit more notable. Anyways, we can argue. Cole was saying something apart from that argument. K-State football can win a Big 12 championship this year, so yes, I'm more excited to watch them. I'm probably more excited for football because it's here. True. If basketball was first, I'd probably be more excited about basketball. But then, again, I'd be wondering why we're playing football in the winter. That's Rose and Tundra. (laughs) When's the last time, probably 2019, when basketball had a sellout? I mean, that's a good question. Football, it's just the 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 excitement for this basketball season. Probably. The Big 12 championship where they won. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. With the trophy. End of that season. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And football's been steady. I don't know if that makes sense. I get it. Am I getting my point across? Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. The next question comes from KSU Southpaw. Our friend. What does Pete the Cat think of recent basketball commitments? Is he a part of the NIL shoe deal for the players? You're not laughing. Pete the Cat? Fitz erased it from his memory. I'm not I'm not answering this question, Jay Heydrich. I'm, <laughs> I'm not playing your damn games, Heydrich. I don't think he's legally allowed to answer. I do not want to comment on a stuffed cat that isn't as cool as Rocky, who is behind me right now. No, and that's I, no, that's you're you're mistaking Pete the Cat for Phil the Bobcat. Who's Pete the Cat? The stupid quote from the book that Bruce Weber would read his kids or something. Oh or my videos. God. I'd that's, like to apologize to Jay Heydrich. Your question was dumb for a different I reason than I thought. Shoes. So, uh, I think I have no comment. Yeah. Is it a video or is it a book? I don't know what it is. It's a it's, book, right? It's a, it's a cartoon. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Whatever. It I is. believe either way. Uh, so what is this question? I hope. About? Yeah, what's I, the point of this? There's some traditions, <laughs> recent basketball commitments, which we'll talk about like next. the Wabash yeah. cannonball, uh, throwing chickens on the court, and uh, the the students chanting positive stuff to Sandstorm. Go K-State. I think that's what they say. Anyhow, you. reading a children's book to the team in the locker room should be one of those endearing traditions of Kansas State basketball. I don't Lavender uniforms and children's books. And bamboo recall, comparisons. Bamboo. I forgot about the bamboo. I know. It's I still growing. I don't think he read the book in the locker room. I think he, he texted, did. I think it was Mike, my yeah, girl. It was my girl. About yes. Pete and how he needs to replicate Pete. Am Clean I right? off his white shoes. Or sometimes it had to deal with like he's going out and he gets his shoes money, but he always comes back and cleans them and has a good day the next day. Had to deal with that. Something like that. I'll take your word. My friends called him Bamboo Bruce, and I like that. Mm. Chinese bamboo tree. Yep. Mm. Grows six feet an hour or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, whatever. I just pull up one of my last tweets. I, I'd like to skip this question altogether uh, and still admonish Jay, even though I didn't get the joke. Okay, that's fine. Jay never asks questions, and this is the one that you decide to ask. Come on, Heidrick. Oh, man, it's getting hostile on here. It is, it is. Last question of the Sue podcast. Don't, For, don't, don't, it's just a joke. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't hear that. Uh, last question of the podcast comes from Derek S 56 Obviously, this is very early on, so where does the 2023 basketball recruiting class end up ranking-wise? Are both RJ and Day-Day first-year starters? Ooh, RJ and Day-Day, I like it. I think right now 
yes, because the program isn't steady as it will be in probably five years from now. But, I mean, Day Day is going to replace it. Die Die. It's Die Die. We need to get that right. Are you sure? Yeah. His name is Darren. I've seen, anyways, I've seen Die Die. Is it Die Die? I mean, it looks like Day Day. Well, that's what he said on some sort of interview that we're, we're, here, we're here joined with Die Die Ames. Okay. Anyways, he's going to replace Noel at point guard and then. There's going to have to be a spot. I mean, Jones could play the two, the three, or probably the four if they need. So there's going to be a spot for both of those guys um, in 23. Thanks, Ray Ray. <laughs> I, where the are this class eight, ranks? I gotta number be, eight. I'm going to be really honest. Right now, that's where they're at. I haven't paid enough attention to top 25 basketball recruiting classes to understand the nuances that get you to the top 10, the top 20, and so on. But they're rolling. I mean, I I don't think this is an aberration, guys. I think this is the context of what they're going to be doing in recruiting now on. And I, I appreciate basketball. It seems to me like basketball's gotten shuffled a little bit by the NIL. Not that I think K-State's using the NIL. I just think it's shuffled the deck a little bit, make kids think I can go other places and do what I want to do than just go into these handful of schools. I think they're going to add more. These won't be the only four stars in this class. I think they're going to add more. Now, we'll see how many they actually have to offer when it's all said and done. I mean, there might be attrition during this season on the roster. We'll find out. But I'm really optimistic. It is insane that they just added the sixth and seventh highest recruited players in the history of the 24-7 database in the same school before Jerome Tang has even coached a game. That's it. For K State, six yes, or seven best for K State. Yeah. Kind of incomprehensible. I know, it's crazy. And Jason Bennett was one of the guys above. And he was it, so good yeah. at guarding the door at his trip joint. <laughs> but you mentioned it, Fitz. This is what happens when we do the overtime before the questions. This is this is the we always do questions and then the overtime and today, because of time constraints, we did the overtime, then the questions, and I'm still in overtime mode. We won't have to deal with this in until another what, nine months? That's the good news. Okay. Any more? I would add that you mentioned, Fitz, how, you know, the Antoine Davis incident, some of those misses early on, that's not how it's going to be. They might have got humbled a little bit, but getting back-to-back four-star guys, I mean, this is how it's going to be. And you look at football, don't necessarily change your approach to recruiting. Stick to your guns. Know how you want to approach those kids. And obviously it's paying off for this staff, so – I think this is what we're going to see moving forward. I really do. I hope so. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It is. Was that the last question? That was, that was the last, the last question. question. What the hell? This has been a short podcast. If, it, if my chair hadn't broken, we'd, we'd been even shorter. We got a lot of content out of that chair breaking. Well, you would be, you would be a lot shorter if your chair did fully break. Yeah. You'd be on the ground. But um, Was that your stomach? Sorry, I had Taco Bell. Oh, gross. We got to go. We got Zach's got to go. We got to go. I need him out of my house pronto. That all rhymed. That's free. Go to the fridge. Have the opportunity to see me. That's all I could come up with. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.